and welcome to the 29th episode of the third season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Botheringham. Hello, oh, uh, yeah, Rory. How, how are you going? You'd be, pretty, you'd be pretty miserable. It was the greatest trade period ever in, in my mind. I mean, Togan leaving was a little bit disappointing, but uh, all I really wanted was your heartbreak. And gee, how brutal was it? it was, just take us into your mind at the moment when Gaff decided he was going to stay at West Coast. Because it, it was brutal the way it went down. I actually don't know what you're talking about. But we are also joined. <laughs> give us give us a little spirit. We'll, ad- we'll address it in due course. Uh, we are also joined by, all the way from Queensland, it's Poochie, the man with the mailbag. Welcome to the pod. G'day, Banjo. G'day, Scotty. Good to be here. It's going to be a special moment, the live reading of Poochie's mailbag. It's, yeah, yeah. He's been, he's been a very, very passionate supporter the whole way through. So it's a You're good possibly the, the only person that's listened to every single episode. And even if you haven't, don't tell me otherwise. <laughs> he did refuse to dance before the pod, though. So yeah, that was pretty poor. Bit, we, we, we have a warm-up and he just didn't commit. He's, he's, he's a boring man. I'm really <laughs> questioning his attitude. He's a real no, Glenn Maxwell. No, we're, we're real Harley Bunnell. We're happy to have him. Anyway, so what are we doing for this pod, Banjo? Uh, yeah, it's the trade. Ex- yeah, the trade review extravaganza. It's going to be broken into three segments, uh, three different pods. It's going to be huge. We're going to go through every single team and uh, give them a grade. And we're also also going to do our segments because we're nothing if not predictable. Yeah, it's going to be our second marathon pod. We had one other stupidly long one, and this one we're splitting it into three parts. So yeah. Great. Speaking of marathons, do you want to plug yourself a little bit here? But what? I ran a half marathon. Yeah, I'm very weekend. impressed. Yeah, ran at a pretty good time. Ran about 18k further than I could. Yeah, and then cramped for <laughs> three hours afterwards. I genuinely couldn't move. It was one of the weirdest experiences of my life. Like my, my body genuinely failed on me for about three hours. It was actually, it was quite frightening, to be honest. But, you know, I got through it, and now I'm just incredibly sore. And more importantly, you did it for a good cause. Yeah, that's true. We raised a little over 14 grand, so... Yeah. Did quite well. Did quite well. I will plug but myself. But forgot myself to plug back. the pod when you were interviewed by the Cabrini Foundation, <laughs> which is the main takeaway <laughs> from this entire it, experience. It was an opportunity. It wasn't a good time. Oh, by the way, I also do a podcast. Can you please put You that absolutely know I would have oh. brought it up, and your lack of doing so is greatly disappointing. Oh. I'm not sure who I'm more disappointed in, you for doing that or Kurt for not dancing. It's a real toss-up. <laughs> Definitely Kurt. He's just not, not getting in the spirit at all. But anyway, we're going on to everyone's favourite segment. We've got Gold Jacket, Green Jacket off the top. Absolutely. So this is everyone's favourite segment. The title derives from the line in Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit. And throughout the season, we gave 3-2-1 votes for the most meaningless games of the round. And obviously, haven't seen too many games recently. Uh, so we're going with the most meaningless trades of the trade period. And uh, there are quite a few that go through. We all talk about all the big ones, but geez, there's some, ir- some irrelevant crap going on. Uh, so one vote, we're giving Travis Collier went to Fremantle for a future fourth round selection. You know what I love about this trade? You know as soon as future fourth round selection is, is involved, we know it's a trade which none of the teams care about. It's yeah, just I... like, let's just get in there. This is our, our bottom thing available. Uh, a future fourth round. It just feels like it's the chances I won't even be used. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was bad when North Melbourne were trading pick 68 for Aaron All or getting pick 60-odd back for uh, Ryan Clark. But doing that for a year in the future, that's just, that's something interesting. And they're potentially players who could be good. Like Collier, he's 27 years old. Uh, he showed a bit of potential for a little while. If this was I a visual medium, people would see me rolling my eyes. He's fine at best. No, he showed a little bit of potential about... 
three or four years ago. He's very quick. He breaks lines. Yeah, that's literally his only attribute. But he, he played a little bit last year as well, and not, not as in not 2018, 2017. And he, he showed bits and pieces. He was kind of useful for Essendon because he was that quick player. But look, he's still, he's still fairly irrelevant. That's why we gave him one vote. Highly irrelevant. Uh, anyway, we've got a more irrelevant player to talk about. So two votes we're giving. Tyson Stengel went from Richmond to Adelaide for pick 68. Another pick that probably won't be used. Uh, Tyson Stengel, Poochie, who the hell is Tyson Stengel? I mean, I know he was a premiership player for West Coast, but outside of that, I, I don't know how he's still playing, to be honest with you. Uh, Tyson Stengel, a good young small forward from Richmond, uh, caught in the uh, pecking order. <laughs> probably, our, small probably our fifth best small forward, played two games last year. Hey, I have a question for you. Better or worse than Shannon Burns? Much better. <laughs> Much better. Like, honestly, do you know that? Well, <laughs> Two-time Premiership he, player? <laughs> he was a rookie draft pick who played two games. Like, is there something more irrelevant than that happening in trade period? Like, it, that is extremely irrelevant. Well, given you've got it at number two, apparently, yes. <laughs> the, last, the last one's an absolute cracker. So, should we just get to it? Three votes. The Gold Coast fourth-round selection from this year, pick 68, to Adelaide for Adelaide's future fourth-round selection. So to both Adelaide and Gold Coast, we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Can we just comment on the fact that your number two trade was only made possible by the fact that the number three <laughs> trade and the three votes happened before it? Does that make it more irrelevant? I think the it's... Fact that it, it only built into creating a more irrelevant I, I think trade. it multiplies the irrelevancy. Like, I think it's not an addition. It's like, it's by a factor of that the that trade is so irrelevant... <laughs> Why do teams trade a fourth round pick this year for a fourth round pick? Also, in essence, the two trades for uh, Adelaide and Fremantle are the exact same trade. A random player for a future fourth round pick. Yeah. There's a nice bit of symmetry to this gold jacket, green jacket. You've what been are, consistent. What, are, what will Adelaide's fourth round pick next year be, do you reckon? Maybe. I can't see it being... <laughs> right, where's pick? Uh, where's like math. the equivalent of pick 10? Because that's the worst they'll be next year, I reckon. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, like, just, just who gives a shit, mate? Who gives a shit about this trade? So uh, that's, that's a gold jacket, green jacket for, uh, for this pot. <laughs> yeah, so let's get to our uh, trade grade. Speaking of Adelaide, they're first up because we're doing alphabetical. Uh, they brought in Shane McAdam and Tyson Stengel, so big holes there, obviously. <laughs> yeah, the big names. <laughs> and, um, and they got rid of Mitch McGovern. They also brought in pick 13. The rest was much much on the fringes, pick 40, pick 68, stuff like that going about. Okay, so we're giving them ratings out of 10, which 5 is obviously average. I'm very passionate about that. Uh, I've given them a 4 out of 10. I think it's a little bit below average. Basically, all that happened was they lost McGovern, who was quite a good player, a little bit below average. I think they did very well out of Carlton to get for what they got back. I think... McAdam will come straight into their side and pick 13 is a good haul. So Who the I, hell is McAdam? He's just a state league player. And any time someone... Any time somebody... Any time somebody picks a state league player, they do well. It's ridiculous. It's the safest draft pick in the league. Oh, come on. It you, absolutely you're only, is. You're only thinking of the, the good ones. You, you yeah, the, the, sorry. The first state league player is always good. And this is, for all intents and purposes, the first state league player and picked. You wouldn't have a clue what Shane McAdams going to be. Like. I saw, all that happened was I saw a very good player. I saw one highlight clip. I mean, he didn't play at all. He's played like 30 games. 
He's fine. He's a, he's a very good talent. He's player. promising, but he doesn't really fit in their forward structure anyway. They got pick 13 as well, which is a very good pick. Yeah, of course he fits into their forward structure. Two years ago, they had the best forward line in the comp and he was part of it. Oh, he wasn't a huge part of it. He didn't oh, he play that much. Important. He was pretty useful. I'd played... be pretty disappointed to lose him. I don't see how. Seven out of ten, I reckon that's... I think they absolutely won the the uh, McGovern trade, quite convincingly. I'd argue Lockie Fogarty, Adelaide's first draft pick next year, gone past or is up to McGovern in their pecking order anyway. Oh, you can't say that. I'm not, I'm not quite ready to go there because I've never seen Lockie Fogarty move quicker than like 1K an hour. McGovern had a lot of injuries. He had a, he had a, he had a bad year, plus he didn't want to be there. So I'd be pretty disappointed for losing. Fair yeah. enough. Let's move on to Brisbane. They had a actually big period. They brought in Lockie Neal, Lincoln McCarthy, Marcus Adams, but they lost Dane Beams and Sam Mays. And pick five. And they got back 18. They had a really complicated period. Yeah. And they lost their future first round pick and their future second round pick. And their future third round pick. <laughs> they had a ridiculous question. I didn't even think it was... Po- you weren't allowed to give your first, second and third round pick in the same year away. Like, I, I know that's the rule, but they brought in a future I, I first round pick. I swear to God, people just forgotten those rules existed, surely. Yeah. <laughs> no, one, no one gives a toss about those rules anymore. But I'm having a look. We've both given them a 6 out of 10. I, it's a little bit of a frustrating one for Brisbane because it was so close to being awesome. That feels familiar. <laughs> yeah. If, if you bring in... Uh, Lockie Neal on mm. top of an already very strong midfield. They will, that, that would have automatically been like, bang, one of the best midfields in the competition. And then Marcus yeah. Adams is a very handy addition as well. If they had those two things, awesome, <coughs> but then there's an even better midfield. Losing beams out. hurts. So, like, yeah, I, I feel like I had to be positive about him because it's almost, the midfielder for midfield is almost, almost neutral. But well, I think it's Adams a positive when you take into account age. He fits where they're going to go better Beams. than Beams. Beams is a better. Yeah, but it's pretty marginal, Not the difference. Much, it's pretty marginal, player. and the extra okay. three or four years you're going to get out of Neil, I think, outweighs it. Yeah, I so I, I think from that perspective, that's where I got the positivity from. I think they gave absolute full price for Neil. They, they paid tooth and nail for him, they but did. they got the same for Beams, which is, again, pretty marginal. I wasn't a big fan. They had a pick swap with uh, Gold Coast where they gave their future first to a future second and stuff like that. That could be reasonably high so i'm not super uh big on that trade but the other stuff the beams deal they smashed maze is irrelevant and they're always going to give a pick five so yeah it's pretty positive and, and it's nice for them just bringing across a very good player like, like, that's a good thing that brisbane are getting to that point now where people yeah. want to go to brisbane they're an exciting team well, it's and, uh, and they'll keep they'll uh, improve a lot next year it's absolutely massive that Lockie neil looked at both frio and brisbane and goes brisbane's the place i want to be mm-hmm. You couldn't be happy with that result. It's just Beams is a real dampener. Yeah, but still pretty positive. Because I, I do like Marcus Adam. I think that's a good addition because they basically just got Harris Andrews back there. So that, that's another one there. He's, he's got some potential to be a very good, solid defender. Yeah, really like weirdly, Adam. Josh Walker was good back there by the end of the season. Yeah. They, they really odd Adams. one. They'd rather. <laughs> that's true. Uh, next up, we've got Carlton. They brought in Mitch McGovern. Alex Solo, Will Setterfield, Nick Newman, and pick 71. And they lost their state league players, a couple of picks in the 20s, and a future second-round pick. That's about it. Yeah, I'm having a look. I don't understand yours. I've given them a, a seven. I think they did, did quite well. I think both McGovern and Fazolo, well, if Fazolo's fit, that'll make a very big difference to a very, very weak forward line. And they, yeah, that's they true. They lose a lot going the other way. They got, Fasolo was a, a free agent. 
McGowan, yeah, they gave, they gave up a bit for him, but he'll be very useful for them. I, I think they had a very good trade period. You've given them gaff out of 10, so, so three out of 10. You're a you dick. You try to justify it apart from I just hate Carlton. You do hate Carlton. You were so bitter about him. You can just never see Bitter about Carlton? I'm just down on them. You just... You, you're just determined why, to be negative. But, like, why would you be bitter about some, like, the least threatening club in the AFL? Like... I don't know. I don't know. You can explain that to me because you are so negative about it. How is what they did a 3 out of 10? Explain. You just don't like the McGovern deal? Is that all there is to I don't it? like the McGovern deal. The Newman... The, not the Newman. The Newman deal's fine. That's just nothing. The Setterfield deal is a risk. They played a pretty decent prize for a guy that's done his ACL. What do they, they give up for Setterfield? Two second round picks or three second round picks. I'd be pretty happy to bring him in. They've got no picks before... Uh, after, they've got no picks between 1 and 69... And, like, as a young list, I think that's a completely ridiculous position to they, find yourself in for pretty marginal talent. They've still got pick one. They held on to pick one. And they yeah. brought in Setterfield who could potentially... But not having a second or third round, round pick and then having late fourth round picks, I think it's a bad situation for them to be in while also losing uh, future picks. I just think you look at it net and I, I think they've improved their team, like, by a bit. Yeah, but they're going to they're gonna have absolutely no assets for next year. Outside of their first round pick, they've only got their What's first. Your big r- pick, <laughs> exactly because no, they're, cause the Gold Coast are better than them. <laughs> they've yeah, though they've got no middle assets next year. They didn't bring in players that set the world on fire, and they got rid of high prices for a lot of it. I don't see why why they've done particularly well. You're very harsh on Carl. And also, You're if you're going to talk about teams missing out on people, the fact that they missed out on Dylan Shield even they used a private jet on him. Has to be taken into account. Of course they missed out on Dylan Shield. They're Carlton. They had a real good crack at it. I'm quite impressed they got as close as they did, to be honest with you. The change in attitude here is <laughs> astounding. But the uh, the real story of Carlton's trade period is the $50,000 they spent on flying him with their private jet up to Noosa is going to count on their football department spending soft cap, which means... Is that the, actually true? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay, maybe I'll knock him down to a six and a half on that basis. Which is right. the funniest story of the entire trade period. Uh, yeah, so next up we got Collingwood. They brought in Beams as a headliner. Jordan Roughhead is pretty marginal. What did I do wrong? Are oh, we doing a segment now? Oh, yep, that's my bad. <laughs> you should really host this sometimes. I probably should, let's be honest. I was just scrolling down the uh, page. I was reading with all the pigs. Uh, yeah, so you stole the introduction for this one, didn't you? Or is it still mine? No, I've forgotten. This is mine. Yeah, so we're doing our Cane Corns Call of the Week, where we look at a big call in the media that we think is a little ridiculous and then make one of our own. Uh, we've got a guest in for this one. It's still Kurt. It's <laughs> still Pooch. But uh, he's put his foot down and saying he's going to make a prediction as well because our producer last week, Charlie, also got to make one. He didn't want to feel left out. Well, our producer's just taking over. Hmm. It's quite quite upsetting. Yeah, so the media call is just the general uh, atmosphere that was in the first week of uh, trade period of Peter Bell being incompetent and being shit at his job. I think that's been pretty conclusively shown to be ridiculous. It was in the end. Well, we had a good chat about it sort of halfway through. And I understood where the criticism came from. If it got to the point when they actually missed out on Jesse Hogan because they were just being too arrogant, that would have been an absolute disaster for them. They've been so desperate for... Like, he's his exact player. Yeah. And they, they, sh- they should have been happy to throw anything at getting him. And to be that, if they'd missed out on him, it would have been an absolute disaster. But 
they did get him in the end. They got a pretty good deal for him in the end. And then they brought in Lobb and they got a pretty good deal there as well. So they basically just played hardball. I, Peter Bell's an interesting one, isn't he? I, I, I said to you before, I think he's got a bit of an aura about him. There's something really weird. He just kind of comes in and whenever I hear it, see a quote from him, I think like... Oh, it seems pretty spot on, doesn't it? I, I don't really know why. Maybe it's just because I've heard him commentate and I like him as a commentator, but it just it feels like everything he says carries a bit of weight. Um, so it could be quite interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, I'm completely biased when talking about uh, Peter Bell, Melbourne Premiership player, and that's all that really matters. He's left you. That doesn't matter. <laughs> we actually got a great trade for him that we absolutely blew in the draft. You look at what we did with the Peter Bell draft picks, and it's actually criminal. It's the worst thing North Melbourne's ever done in the draft. Yeah. We got like three top ten picks and none of them were good. <laughs> yeah, but and it was in like the Brendan Goddard draft or something. It was yeah. a decent draft. But I think looking at it all now, you'd have to be a bit of a bang. He's put his, put his stake down and he did a pretty pretty good job. Really weirdly, you look at their last three trade periods and they've all been good. We were very positive about what they did last year and yeah. the year before that was good too. And it hasn't translated into the team being any better. Their, their list management has been good for a long. Every trade period I come out of being like, oh, Freedom have done quite well. I'll improve a bit next year. And then they just don't. <laughs> and we won't mention why, Ross Lyon. No, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, no, let's no, move no. on to your call. My call, uh, we were pretty determined uh, that we weren't going to get to Melbourne and North Melbourne related throughout the year. But I couldn't resist. I think Melbourne have the best back six in the competition right now. With bringing May in, I think it is a perfectly balanced backline. It'll be now Jetta, May, Lever. I thought he was had his ACL and wasn't going to play for half the year no, next he's, year. No, he's every chance to play around one. They, they say he's a genuine chance to play around one. Is that one. actually true? Yeah. No, they're, they're, that's their hope. Oh. He will. Rushing him back. So Rushing him back, he's going to do it again. Pivot, <laughs> OMAC for a bit of uh, comic value. And then uh, Christian Salem. Like, it's, a perf- it's perfect. We've got an... Elite one-on-one defender, an elite small defender, an elite intercept, an elite ball user in Salem. Hibbert is an excellent runner. We'll be able to be. Uh, this has changed play. since you first made this spiel to me. <laughs> He's gone from elite to excellent. Who did I? Oh, they're all elite. They're all elite at what they do, except for Oscar McDonald. But he just provides like the comedy. three of those aren't elite. Salem is not elite. Neither is Hibbert, and neither is Oscar. Purely at ball use, he is elite. And that's what he's there for, and he's only going to keep improving. He had a very, very good year. May is an elite tall defender. Lever is an elite intercept defender. And Jeddah is an elite small defender. And Hibbert was All-Australian a year ago. That is, it is a bloody Yeah, match. Scott, All-Australian a year ago so and rubbish. Like, rubbish. Like, you don't have Majak Door. Why would I be jealous yeah, of your is, defense? We've got Lever, mate. It is you, an excellent back six. Just quietly. Excellent. You know the top position Lever's ever been in intercept marks? Second, you know the top position Magic Door's ever been in intercept mark? Second. Why? Because Lever was injured. No, just because he's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to throw out some teams you're ignoring. So you've uh, clearly ignored no, that's, Richmond. That's so that's you've important. clearly ignored <laughs> Richmond. You've definitely ignored West Coast. Nah, nah, we're better than them. And look, from there you're pretty good. But that's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Oh, you're not as you've got not as good as Geelong. Oh yes, we are. Our back six is better than Geelong. Yeah, maybe on paper, but it doesn't perform better. Yeah, well, that's... Because you haven't performed yet, but still. Frost there, mate. They they had the number one defense last year. You can't got to give them benefit of the doubt. All right, stop with this. Do your bloody call. Yeah, in all honesty, this is a serious matter. Dane Beams acted like a shit truck this week. 
It just has no, no. This year, it just has to be said. Shit truck. Yeah, he was. He behaved performingly. He's the cap, former captain of that club. He's blatantly lied to the Brisbane staff and management, and all the time being behind the, their back, saying, "I'm coming to Collingwood." When he gets to Collingwood, he said, "My heart's always been Collingwood. I only ever went to Brisbane because of my dad." That's just like offensive. Yeah. He, he's been terrible. I, I didn't like the stuff he's done post being traded. Before that, I didn't have much of an issue with it. But yeah, I. If I was a Brisbane supporter, I'd be pretty annoyed at him. To say stuff like, I've always bled black and white. Mm. I've always wanted to be playing at Collingwood. I was always going to go back there. That, that'd really annoy you. He was, yeah, as you say, he's a captain of the club. That that would piss me off. And he, he shouldn't, he just shouldn't have said that. There's so many other ways you can go about explaining it. So I, I didn't like that. But, I mean, he's, he's had a pretty rough trot, the bloke. So I, I can understand why he's been leaving and coming back etc but I, I don't didn't like his messaging sort of post trade as much as anything There's yeah that's fair the the act i don't think it is that's why i said it like <laughs> the actual movement going to brisbane when your dad said coming back afterwards no issue with it but the way he did it was awful you just think he should have been more upfront about it more upfront just manage it better don't say i was always a collingwood supporter say i've always loved collingwood that's fine yeah but i i love both clubs yeah both well. like everyone says it's not that hard like aaron hall's talking about how he loved the gold coast and wouldn't change a thing he got dropped by four different coaches <laughs> you know if you played, think that's true he hate the gold coast i know i know he's well, I mean, he's probably been too honest to be honest but yeah yeah anyway speaking of collingwood this has worked out perfectly for both segways oh, hang on <laughs> oh I'm in poor form. Ruins our uh, segue. My cane corn is that GWS trading Tom Scully has guaranteed they will re-sign Josh Kelly. (laughs) Oh, I like it. I like it. The pooch has brought the big guns. You'd be worried. You would genuinely be worried. That is the only reason that they're doing all of this. They're trying to free it up so they make sure they get the better player in Canelio, as well as Kelly, uh, for next year. That's the reason they're doing it. You'd be a bit... Look, I'm I'm not going to lie. That's clearly... that. Well, not for the reasons that you just put out. I'm just a bit hot. um, You're always sweaty. (laughs) It's a bit gross. Uh, But no, if I... This clearly their intention, I'll admit that. But um, we all know how guarantees about player movement go on the Kane Corn segment, so uh, I'll just leave it at that. <sighs> according to our, according to this segment, Gaff is playing for North Melbourne, so <laughs> we'll just go, <laughs> we'll just move on from there. But yeah, let's get to Collingwood. Uh, they brought in Beams, as I said, Roughhead, a bunch of middling picks. They lost for Solo and their first two, their first pick this year and next year. What did you give them, Scott? Uh, I've given them a seven. Pretty much, I just... I we think, are very different I in this room. Danny Beams is an absolute star. Like, it is honestly as simple as that. that that's basically all they did was the Beams deal. Yeah. And I, I, I would give up a lot for Dane Beams. He, he is one of the best midfielders He's in the He's 29, about to be 30. Where would you put him in the best midfielders in the comp? He'd be... Top 10, probably? He'd be definitely top 10. He'd be pushing top 5, I think. He, he is an absolute star. You'd be stoked to bring him in. He's old and he's injury prone. That factors into uh, it. He's, he had, this was his first full year in four years up in Brisbane. He's had a lot of issues in Brisbane. How is that so not injury prone? <laughs> like, that's no, the definition of pers- injury prone. Personal issues. Oh, okay. Well. So, like, that, that would have affected his ability to look after himself. But I just, I just don't think you can be negative about a team who bring in one of the better midfielders in the comp. Yeah. I think if any other team, sorry, Pooch, but if any other team in another position had done that, it would have been a bad trade. And the fact that they're so close to a premiership, makes me think it's a little bit better than that, but I've still only given them a 4 out of 10. I think Beams is worth what they gave 
I don't I think, think it's as simple as there's no 30-year-old that's worth two first-round picks. For a team that's just made the grand final, adding an elite midfielder can't be a bad move. But it was rem- wasn't remotely a need for them. They already had a star-studded midfield. They've given up absolutely everything. They've practically given the farm for him. There's no guarantees it works. Like, look at Bryce Gibbs. And it, it's just not... I, I, I just don't understand why you can be high on this for a 30-year-old. The is now frighteningly good. Like, like, I'm scared looking at it. Oh, actually, quick question. Do you think Melbourne's still got the best midfield in the comp? No, we just got the best back six <laughs> instead. They <laughs> <laughs> not the best Ruckman anymore. That's true, that's true. Oh, right. They've got probably the fourth best Ruckman as well, though. Yeah, we, yeah, we, no, we've got great crew. So. Yeah, fourth best Ruckman. Yeah, we, we've got one and two, probably. Just one I, was going, I was going three and four, but you know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's move on. You're done with Collingwood? Yes, Quick and easy. Yes, I am done with uh, And second last for this pod, we've got Essendon, and they had a massive, massive deal coming late. They had Dylan Shield for a first this year, next year, and in return they also got a second-round pick. And Travis Collier also got traded, but we don't need to talk about that anymore. Yeah, no one really cares about that, let's be honest. Uh, we've actually both gone with a 7 out of 10. I'm a bit surprised you were that positive on them. I thought you thought... The Reluctant, reluctantly positive. It's like, you have to give them credit for getting a very good midfielder. He doesn't particularly fit their needs as well as I think a lot of people are making out to be. What they needed was an inside midfielder, and he's not that. He's a mix that's leans outside more than anything. He's not a great ball user and is selfish, but hopefully they can get that out of his system. You're focusing so hard on his weaknesses that you're forgetting how good he is at his strengths. He, he is an absolute gun. He is a very, very, very good player. Um, I'm actually, I'm scared about Essendon. I'm actually genuinely... Yeah, this, this that's is, the this worry. Is con- this is confessional time. I am quite concerned. They are going to be very, very good. They were really building something. Shield is a perfect addition to them. He's a star who plays inside and out. They're the quickest team going around. They have good tall stocks if Danaher's fit, which I'm hearing he will be. I'm genuinely a little bit scared. And I, I think it has to be very, very positive about their trade period, just, just to bring in pretty much exactly what they needed. Yeah, it's really worrying. The hope is they get smashed in the contested ball because when they weren't smashing the contested ball, they were unbelievably good this year. They started and, to get pretty consistent with it by the end of the year. Yeah, I know. That's what's worrying about I it. Know. Um, yeah. <sighs> They're a pretty good side and they got better. And so you have to be positive about it. There will be long-term repercussions depending on how good they are. Pick nine's a good pick. Their first round pick mm. next year probably won't be as good, but still, yeah. it's, yeah, a, it's a good pickup. You've got to give to bring in a, an A grader. Yeah. yeah. B plus grader. Anyway, let's move on. Fremantle, they had a... They had probably the most active period out yeah, of anyone, I would say. They were very interesting. They brought in Travis Collier, who has been mentioned three oh, times big. too many. <laughs> Reese Conker is a free agent. Jesse Hogan, Rory Lobb. And they also got picks 14, 31, 43, and 65. On the opposite end, they lost Lockie Near, which is a big loss. They lost pick six and a couple of future picks in the back end of the draft. Yeah. It's awesome, isn't it? I've gone with an eight out of ten. Uh I wanted to give him a bit of a kneel for them. It's huge. Yeah. Because they, they don't have Their midfield of, is pretty shallow, especially it, on the inside. Expe- exactly. On the inside is where they struggle. So I think that'll become very, very obvious very quickly how much that affects them getting the ball out of the middle. 
But in the meantime, they fixed up what has been their biggest problem for a decade. They brought in an ad... I, I think Jesse Hogan could be a superstar of the competition. I, I believe that he will be. And Rory Lobb is pretty handy as another tall. Yeah, he'll... And he's... Like, he's not a ruckman, but as a second... As a backup ruckman, like, the during the game, he's above average, I would say. Yep. He's better than Sean Grigg <laughs> on that front. Yep, I yeah. think they've absolutely killed it. I gave them a 9 out of 10... I was going to give them a 10 out of 10, but um, I fiddled around with it for a very particular reason that'll become apparent in the next pod. They, just, they, they address their biggest need in an outstanding way. And they still, just, are they going to get it forward without Lockheed? So they brought in Jesse Hogan, Rory Lobb, and they've still got a first-round pick. And Conker's handy. Yeah. Conker's a really handy get for them, and so is Travis Collier. He's a star. <laughs> Four but, times too many. <laughs> no, they, it's, it's been really, really impressive. And it has been over the last few years for, for Freya. Yeah, it's, it, this will be a real test of Ross Lyons' coaching going forward. Like, this is the year. There's less excuses they now. Improve. Yeah, they should. Do you think they will? I'm very hopeful. But, you know, I'm always hopeful about <laughs> Freya. No, I, I'm genuinely hopeful. I think they can. I... I, the interesting thing is their issue for so long has been arguably their forward line because they've struggled to score. They've been struggling to get it forward. Mm. And there's always that issue of is it ball movement? Is it a forward line? I feel like their ball movement could improve astronomically because they have an excellent lead up forward in Hogan. Yeah. And all of a sudden, their kicking won't look so bad. And and lobs also are very good. exciting in the way that they move it because yeah. they have a forward line. Which you could make the other argument that their ball movement's so bad, they won't even get it to Hogan. What's the point? But I, I can't see it going that way. I think the fact Hogan is there will improve the ball movement. Yeah, they've also... like Lobb is the one thing he's good at, is being the bailout kick down the line. He's a very good contested yep. mark. So two aspects of their movement into the forward line are going to be greatly improved, both when they're under pressure and when they've got a bit more space to move the ball. From the forward perspective, I do think the midfield's a question. But if Brayshaw and Chera improve at a, a pretty quick pace it should allow them to really push while Fife's still in his prime it is true if they improve this in next year we'll be saying Ross Lyon is an absolute gun coach if if they don't then it'll be like oh he had a good run at St Kilda I'm not so sure about him like it, it's a, it's that big big for him at this point now he's got kind of the assets to yeah. somewhat work with it it'll be, we'll see whether or not the game's left him behind yeah. but anyway that wraps up the first part of our trade period extravaganza thanks for listening and there's another one coming in about 30 seconds so listen to that too